this month we've been exploring the statement, I may bend, but I won't break, and what it means to be flexible and resilient in a time of crisis. We've explored what it means to be flexible as individuals and as a church. Last week, Sam preached on God's presence with us when everything shatters. This morning, I want to turn our series title upside down and look at when breaking isn't a failing on our part, but an act of salvation by God, and in fact, central to the gospel itself. But before we get there, let's center ourselves in this scripture passage. The Israelites are wandering in the wilderness. They would walk for days, following the cloud that Moses said was the Lord leading them. Then the cloud would stop, and they would make camp for a few days. They gathered the manna that appeared on the ground every morning, and the quails every evening. But by now, the manna and quails were frankly getting old. This was only roughly a year into their time in the wilderness, but they already felt like they were in this never-ending cycle of stopping and starting and stopping again. They remembered that Moses had changed bad water into sweet water in a stream once, but that was weeks, months ago. They were thirsty, and there was no stream or river or spring to be found. They whispered to one another in their camp at a place called Rephidim, what was the point of leaving Egypt if we die of thirst? If Moses cannot lead us, we must get rid of him. The exhausted and dehydrated people turned on Moses and turned on God. We must have water, they shouted at Moses. Where is God? Is the Lord here or not? I must admit, I have always unfairly judged the Israelites as they wandered in the desert. They are full of complaints at every turn. I've wanted to hypothetically shake their shoulders and say, can you not remember a short time ago when God split apart a sea to provide you safe passage? Can you not remember the last time you were thirsty, God provided water? And that time you were hungry, God provided bread and meat. What do you think that this time God has taken you thus far and abandoned you? But of course, that's exactly what they think. Their children are on the brink of dehydration. They've been wandering in the wilderness for months. Their old life at least had structure and the minimum for survival. They thought they were going straight out of Egypt into the promised land, and instead they were stuck doing the same thing day after day after day in this wilderness. While I'm often careful to separate our world from biblical context, it seems fair to think about the coronavirus global pandemic as a wilderness, and one we are all experiencing together. We have been jarred out of our normal daily existence, routines put to a halt. I can speak from our family's experience that these last five months have been unlike any other. Like many of you, all of us have been home almost all of the time. And in mid-March, it seemed far away that perhaps our son wouldn't finish kindergarten in school, or that he and my husband and myself would be home needing space to work and study. We never really dreamed that it would last that long. When I was doing my research for this sermon, I came across the line, the wilderness is beginning to look a lot like home. That line really rang true to me. The wilderness is our new normal. Personally, when our family stepped into this wilderness back in March, it was with the best of intentions. Our family suddenly had a very full social Zoom calendar with game nights and double dates via Facebook Messenger. 
I scheduled video calls for the kids to say hi to their friends and sent video messages back and forth with my girlfriends constantly. My husband was home and able to eat lunch with us and saw the kids more than ever. I was adamant about homeschooling for my kindergartner. We tried to stay connected to church by watching virtual worship from our living room and Sunday school and small group by Zoom. But as the weeks have turned into months, intentionally staying connected has fallen away. We have become complacent in the wilderness, and it feels like part of my heart has calcified, becoming hardened as our days run into one another with no end in sight. And the saddest part is that even as we take these precautions, working at home, virtual school and church, our world continues to lose beloved children of God to COVID, deaths that feel senseless. In a time where we cannot gather to grieve and mourn, I have felt myself becoming numb to those daily reported numbers. Another hardened place in the wilderness. It has been at this moment then that my heart really breaks for the Israelites. Despite seeing the power of God splitting apart the sea and witnessing the presence of God providing the manna, they have reached a new low point, asking the question, is the Lord with us or not? When the scenery of the wilderness has become our home and pieces of our heart as hard as the desert rocks, it is not a far stretch to ask, is the Lord with us or not? Well, Moses does what he has done time and time before. He turns to God for direction. He knows that God is with him and will answer him. And sure enough, God directs Moses to take his staff the staff that turned from wood into a snake and back again, the staff that split apart the sea, and in front of the Israelite elders, go to the rock at Horeb. I will be standing there at the rock, God says. And there in the sight of the elders, Moses takes that wooden staff and hits the rock, and the rock breaks apart, water gushing out. Through sight and touch and taste, God's power is demonstrated to the Israelites again. They know God's mercy and provision assured that God will provide for their every need, spiritually and physically. This is a divine breakthrough. God has the power to break through the hard places in the wilderness. We see this through the whole arc of Scripture. God paves the way for victory when loss seems imminent. When the Israelites are exiled from Jerusalem and scattered to foreign places like Babylon, we see God breaking through. We see it in the story of Daniel. God's power breaks into the lion's den, shutting up the mouth of the lions in order to preserve God's life, Daniel's life. We see God with Ruth and Naomi, two women journeying alone to the fields in the Judean hills. Ruth and Naomi are faithful that God will provide for them, even when they think it looks like picking through already harvested fields for meager meals. In that wilderness, God provides sustenance and a hopeful future for the two women. And God truly breaks into the world in the middle of the night under the star of Bethlehem. Jesus Christ, fully human and fully divine, the Son of God who healed and taught. Jesus who allowed himself to be broken on the cross so that all people would have salvation. There are multiple accounts of brokenness around Christ's crucifixion. In John's gospel account, Jesus' side is pierced by the soldier's spear, and blood and water flow out of him. Later, Thomas, our doubting Thomas, as he is called by history, recognizes him by his brokenness. In Luke, it is written that the curtain in the temple was torn in two at the moment of Jesus' death. 
and I know to the bystanders at his crucifixion, his mother, Mary Magdalene, his disciples, the world felt broken at that moment. It is in the brokenness that the Holy Spirit, flowing like water, comes. We recognize it every time we come to the communion table. Jesus said to his disciples, This is my body broken for you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. The divine breaks through the hard places in our hearts, and instead of having to put ourselves back together, we are made new. When we reach our low point in the wilderness and ask the question, is the Lord with us or not, we can expect a resounding yes. The power lies with God, but we have to position ourselves to see and feel those divine breakthroughs. The Israelites cried out for help, looking to Moses and to God for an answer. The elders went to the rock with Moses as they had been told. Their willingness to go allowed them to experience that miracle. As Sam mentioned, I recently completed seminary, a five-year journey that was a wilderness experience of its own. I felt a strong call to go to seminary, but much like the Israelites crossing the sea, it was an enormous leap of faith to enroll at United Theological School. Also, much like the Israelites in the wilderness, I really had no idea it would take as long as it did. I had moments where I knew that seminary was the right step for me, and the work felt like it challenged and stretched me. I also had really hard moments where I wondered if I had made a mistake. I felt like perhaps God wasn't in that journey anymore, and I longed for my pre-seminary life where nobody cared if I knew anything about church history. One of the final requirements in the master's program at United is a trip abroad, and although I had chosen the trip to Israel, frankly, I was dreading it. I had put it off once when I was supposed to go in 2019 because I was pregnant with our third child, Molly. That left me with my last opportunity in January of this year. It is hard to remember that in early January, COVID was not yet a concern for travel from America to Israel. Still, I felt like I couldn't feel God with me at all. Molly had refused to take a bottle her entire babyhood, and despite assurances from everyone that she'd be fine and would eventually eat when she got hungry enough, I was an absolute wreck leaving her. I would also miss my son's sixth birthday due to how the trip dates fell. My kids had been used to me staying home with them, and it felt crazy that I would leave my family for nearly two entire weeks. But this trip was part of my seminary journey, my wilderness experience, and there was no getting out of it. Getting on that plane to the other side of the world, I prayed for myself and for my family. My broken heart bent towards God, and in that brokenness, I found that God was ready to walk beside me in the Holy Land. It was a divine breakthrough, expelling my fear and worry and giving me peace and energy in its place. I was ready to take on the rest of the journey ahead. As a result of this breakthrough, I walked in the footsteps of our spiritual leaders and millions of religious pilgrims. I experienced Jewish home hospitality and Shabbat dinner. I grew spiritually and emotionally, and that trip will be one of the most memorable experiences of my life. Without bending towards God, I might have been too preoccupied with my own worry to really experience Christ in the churches or on the Sea of Galilee. So I ask the question, is your life bending towards God right now? As you pray or worship in the midst of this wilderness, you can ask God to show you what a divine breakthrough looks like in your life. How does a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit feel? 
Might it fill a spiritual well that feels dry? Might it bring energy to a relationship that is languished in quarantine? Might it bring peace to a soul gripped by anxiety? Bend yourself towards God. Like the Israelite elders, be willing to go where you are led. Allow yourself to feel God chipping away at those calcified places. Be refreshed by the water that flows when God breaks open the rock. The wilderness is going to be home for a while, but you can expect the divine to break through in the hardest of places. All this is the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.